What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. When I think about that, when I just go from a business standpoint, to be honest with you, Ramel, the biggest thing is that they don't have a plan. You mm. know, and if you don't have a plan, you're planning to fail. And we don't ever see, and I'm not going to say ever, we have some people that have visions and they want to do things, but we don't see on a consistent basis a plan. Turn my mic up. For you. Take this. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. All right, so hustle fam, hustle fam, hustle fam, listen man, today we have a, a, a great show for you guys today. Um, I want to introduce to you um, Mr. Adam Wingfield and Mr. Myron Piggy. Um, they are the managing partners of Innovative Logistics Group. All right, they're changing the game. Um, they're out of Charlotte, North Carolina, right? They're trucking consultants, um, carrier services, success coaches. All right, we got to talk about this. Success coaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, profitability experts, right? So you're going to show us how to get to the bag, I, I, I assume, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. You guys do business funding as well? Yeah, we do have access to business funding as well for startup okay. capital um, and then ongoing working capital. So we have access to that as well. All right. So listen, man, um, we always like to start from the beginning, try to put the story together, weave it together, figure out how you guys got where you are at today. Um, I guess starting with you, Adam, give me a little bit of backstory um, on yourself, how long you've been in the industry and, uh, you know, talk about it. So let me kind of start off on how I got into it. Um, as a as a child, you know, as a kid, I remember having Tonka trucks and doing all that other stuff and, you know, with G.I. Joe's and all that good stuff. But I was always in a diesel. And I remember in the fifth grade, you know, one of the things I used to do while everybody is doing their homework or doing their little class assignments, I was up there just drawing trucks, you know, drawing flatbeds, drawing, drawing drop, drop decks. And I always used to used to have just this, this, just, just, I don't know, it was just a burning desire just to be around trucks. I remember my neighbor, you know, who lived down the street, he had a farm down the street from us and he always had this. It was like, I think it was a 1981 or 1982 max. And during produce season, he had a 48-foot reefer. And I would just love watching that truck go up and down the highways. And it was one of the things that I was so intrigued about. So we kind of move on. As I got into high school, uh, I, really didn't, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, because, you know, I was an athlete, you know, just being around everybody else, the peer pressure, what everybody else is doing when they go to school. They often be lawyers, doctors, nurses. They want to be teachers and professors. I'm like, man, I want to, I want to get in a truck, man. And, you know, one of the things my dad wanted me to do was just make sure I just stuck on and just got my education. And my mom passed away when I was 11 years old. So that really put some strain on me. Um, but my dad stepped in and kind of like, you know, kind of helped keep that going for me, you know, help keeping me motivated, help keeping me guided and directed on and, and wanted to stay the course. And one of the things that he really wanted me to do is he really wanted me to get an education, really, really wanted to tie the education into it. And I remember he kind of, kind of, he was a little bit against me getting in a truck and he wanted me to do more, you know, just not just as a driver, but he always pushed me to do more. And in my mind, doing more was to be the business guy side of it, you know, getting in the business, doing the ownership side of it, really kind of, kind of pushed the, the education behind it. So I went to college 
Um, I got to college in 98. You know, I was a freshman in 98. And again, I'm, I'm going to college as a freshman. I had no idea what I really wanted to do, you know, in terms of what everybody else is doing. You know, you had everybody else around you. They doing, they moving and shaking. They doing interns and everything else. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? Um, so I took computer engineering. And I knew that at the very first semester of physics, this wasn't for me. You know, so what we did is we said, hey, you know what? I'm going to change gears. I'm just going to get into business management and focus on logistics and really learn the business side of trucking. Because at 11 years old, I was behind the wheel of a tractor trailer. You know, my uncle, I, I remember he left some food in his truck. And he was in King Street and we was in Alcaloosa. That was a little little 30 minute drive out there. But he left some food in his truck. So I said, hey, can I ride with you up there? So I rode with him up there. And, um, you know, I was sitting in a jump seat and he was in in a, in a, in a driver's seat. He said, hey, man, you want to get behind the wheel? It was like a field, probably about 100 yards. I mean, you know, it was about the size of a football field. I was like, sure. So we switched. You know, I got behind the wheel of the truck, man. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, as soon as I turned the key and you felt that rumble, it's yeah. like something that you'll never – it's something that you can't, you, you, you can't duplicate. And I was like, man, this is what I want to do. Right, right. So, so as I was in college, you know, really kind of – you know, that was my focus. I was like, man, I'm going to take business management courses. I'm going to take business development courses. I'm going to be a business guy. Um, and I've got a long-term plan. My strategy, I wanted to get behind the wheel of a truck, learn a trucking business from a blue collar side. I want to get behind the wheel. I want to know what it was like. Mm. So my dad, you know, in, in, in 99, unfortunately, my dad passed away. And that was a tough time for me because I was at, I was right there at that point of, you know, I was one, I, I wasn't a man at that point. I was only 20 years old. So, you know, technically I was on a, you know, I was, I was still a child. I was still a kid. So, you know, I remember going through kind of times of just being depressed, you know, trying to figure out what I really wanted to do. And then one day, man, just I just snapped out of it. You know, I was like, man, just let's get up. So I lived in Charlotte at that time. Okay. You know, and, and I lived right down the street from Schneider National. You know, it was probably about, man, it was five minutes I can get down to, to Schneider. And I would always see their orange trucks go by. So one day I said, you know what, I'm just going to go up to the terminal. I'm going to apply. The Internet wasn't really big back then. You know, everything was about walking in. You know, they taking applications, walked in. So I walked in, I applied for Schneider. I got hired on the spot as a driver. Um, I was in their specialized division. So they hired me in a specialized division. So during that time, I had to go through their 21 day CDL training course. And I never forget, man, when I got behind the wheel with my instructor the very first time, you know, you got your hands just, just stuck to the wheel. You got that white knuckle because we were sitting on a hill. Right. I was really nervous about it. You know, obviously it was something that was new to me, man. And you just getting, you know, you, you getting those nerves out. And I remember at the end of the day, my instructor told me, he's like, man, there's something special about you. Mm. He's like, man, you, he said, it's something special about you. He said, keep doing what you're doing because there's something special about you. No. So I got through the, we got through the training process. It was a three week training process. I got my CDL in three weeks. You know, I was out there on the road making money. My very first salary at Schneider was 24 and a half cents a mile. So that tells you anything that was way back in the day. Right. You know, and, and, and but I, I love the freedom of the open road. But I also in my mind, I was like, man, it's got to be bigger for me. So the next step was probably about nine months later, uh, a year later, actually, after the training, uh, Schneider had an owner operator program. Okay. So they had a program which you can go in, you know, they'll, they'll walk you through their, their, their processes and they help you get your truck and all that good stuff. So a year later, I was able to buy my first truck. Mm. And at that, that point, I was making a dollar a mile as an owner operator. But one thing that I was really, really big on and, and really when I started on it, I was connecting some of that business stuff that I took from when I was in college and then I connected it with the industry. And I was like, man, there's a huge gap out here. There's a huge gap. And, you know, I was the guy uh, that would I would I'll never forget. I was in I was right outside of, 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 of the California line in California at one time. 
I had like a quarter tank of gas, a quarter tank of diesel left. And I remember coming into the state of California and just looking at the fuel prices. And I was that cheap guy. And I'm looking at the fuel prices. There's no way I'm going to buy fuel in here. Right. I swear it was like 150 miles to the, to the border. But you know what? I say, you know what? I'll buy 10 gallons of fuel just enough to get me to the border. And then after that, man, I'm just, you know, we'll, we'll find a, a cheaper place to fuel. But that was always my mindset. You know, my mindset was always on the business side of things. And, you know, kind of in short, that's really what my burning passion was, was really just kind of just influencing the business and using that business acumen to make better processes and be much more efficient. Mm. And then as we moved into the years, you know, 2006, 2007, that's when I started buying more trucks um, and then really just starting to put more people into the business. And, 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 and then in 2016, I was like, man, it's time, it's time to start teaching people how to do this. So my blue collar story, you know, obviously that, that, that's where it started, but you know, I really wanted to go from working inside of it to really kind of helping people along the way. So now I'm able to, you know, I'm not, now I'm able to relate, you know, the relations that I'm able to do in, in the business is a lot different now. And that's really kind of where my start, story started. Got you, got you, got you. So now you wanted to focus more on more of the support side. Basically, you, 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 you had your career, you know, driving, so forth, building, building a fleet. Did you, you built a fleet, right? How, how, how many trucks did you have when you stopped? We got up to about 11 with oh. no more operators. And, and, you know, the one thing, like you said, about the support side of it, you know, you step back and look at it. And one of the things that really drives me more than anything is that you can have anything you, you want in life as long as you help people, enough people along the way get what they need. And that's, that's where fact. we at. And that's where we at. You know, you pour in the people and then, then, then everything else is going to come your way. And I'm a big believer in that. That's, 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 that's where I found my life over. That's a fact. That's a fact. I love it. I love it. So Myron, man, Myron, talk to me, yeah. man. Talk to me. How, yeah. how'd, you, how'd you get into this crazy world of trucking, man? Talk to me. Man, um, so my, our, our backgrounds are a lot different. I'm from the city. So I was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, you know, grew up you know, kind of rough, you know, we, uh, you know, we kind of had, you know, back then you only had a couple options, you know, to get out the hood, you know, so I always knew where, where, where I was. I, I was destined for something bigger, something better. Um, my background is more so in sales, sales and marketing business. You know, one thing my father taught me is, you know, if you don't have your own, man, you ain't going to have anything, you know, you'll never have what you want working for somebody else. So, he always taught me to 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 work for, work towards having my own my own business, my own money, everything, you know. Um, so I got into sales and marketing. Um, been in that been in that industry for like the last twenty years. Um, started off real young, man, and um, I met Adam about twelve years ago, you know, uh, working in retail, and you know we just hit it off, man. You know his work ethic was crazy, you know, and, and back then you only had a few you know, uh, African-Americans in, in management positions and, and things like that when you get in, get in buildings. So we got together, man, we hit it off and we've been tight ever since. And I would always tease him, you know, about those trucks, man, because he would take breaks. He would take leaves at work, man, and go, go on the road. And I'm like, dude, that's vacation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, fast forward, man, to last year. You know, and, you know, he, he started hitting the consultant piece real hard and just start talking to me about, you know, the void that was in the industry. You know, there's a lot of people out here teaching people how to drive trucks, mm. but nobody teaching people how to run a trucking business. So, that, you know, when he talked about the failure rate and things like that, and I'm like, man, that's crazy. You know, he, so he, he, knew the, he knew the points, the pinpoints to touch on me. 
you know, because you know my, I have a passion for helping people. Um, you know, I've, I've always tried to teach people to be entrepreneurs, you know, and um, when he came to me, we, we matter of fact, we was on a rooftop in Atlanta. Okay. You know, um, and that's our thing, man, the rooftops. You know, you can, you can get a lot more, you can see things a lot more clear from the top. It's a vibe. You know? That's a vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, um, we talked about it, man. He said, man, look, partner with me, man, we can make, we can change the world. You know, we can change this whole thing. We can take this 84% failure rate in this industry and flip that thing around, you know, and get some, have some successful uh, trucking business owners out here. And I was with it. I couldn't say no. Right. You know, right. so um, ever since then, man, we've just been on a mission to help as many people as possible. And we're still on that mission, you know, and, you know, we also want to, a lot of things we want to do, man, but another thing we want to do is change the narrative about how we can't, us as black brothers can't work together, mm. you know. Like Everybody want to compete and, and, you know, but you, you can compete, but don't compare, you know, somebody else's story is different from yours and their journey is different from yours. But at the same time, we can still work together right. and still create something great, man. You know, so um, that's where we at now. OK, yeah. OK, dope. I love it. So so let's 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 kind of dig get, dig a little bit deeper into those numbers. Like you said, he brought the statistics to you, right? The failure rates out there. Let's let's dig into those numbers for me, um, Adam, and, and talk a little bit about that, about businesses, trucking businesses, the failure rate. So talk a little bit about that for me. So when you go back and you look at some of the biggest uh, economic crunches and just overall in our, in, our, in, our, in our economy, but particularly in trucking. So when you look back in 2018, you know, 2018 was considered a good year for trucking. That's probably one of the better years that I can remember in trucking. Volumes were high. Uh, capacity was right where it needed to be. So everything was kind of in preparation for another big year. Then you move one year further. You move into 2019. 2019 was a preparation for bigger things because you know what? 2018 told us that trucking was getting ready to blow up again. Mm. But ever since I started in trucking, trucking always does this number right here. It goes up and down. Right. So with 2018, a lot of those truck sales, a lot of those folks were trying to get paired for, be prepared for a bigger comp year. Well, that big comp year didn't happen. So what it left was an overcapacity in the industry. You had way more trucks out there. You had way more new active authorities out there. Then you didn't have the work to really keep those trucks busy. So when you look at 2018, when you had 300 trucks or 300 carriers that went out of business, when you fast forward a year later, it was like 700, 800 trucking companies failed in 2019. Um, there was a big, big gap there. And I was like, man, how can that happen? You know, how can that happen? So you know, just from our overall experiences, as we look through and we connect with different owner operators and different fleet owners, you know, some of the things that we see is we see that the business acumen side is one of the things that, that folks struggle with. And I'm not going to say that that's intentional in terms of those struggles. It's just because it's just something that they've been exposed to. So when you look at the reasons, the top reasons why uh, the expenses in trucking are so high, you know, you look at fuel and payroll being one of your top expenses. Well, now you got to pepper in the fact that insurance rates have increased and freight rates have kind of just mellowed out. And it's kind of how it kind of stalled out there. So what I, we always look at it from a profitability standpoint, we look at, hey, you can't control those fixed expenses. Your truck insurance, and your truck payment is going to always be what they are. There's nothing that you can do about that. You just got to write the check for it. But then you got to focus on the things that you can control. Fuel economy, your, the way you're paying, your bonus structure. Hey, how's your, what, what your fleet payments look like? You know, what your tire funds look like? Those things, your factoring fees, all of those expenses that are variable to you, we focus on how you control your variables. 
And once you're able to control those variables and minimize your variables, those other expenses that are going to be what they are, they're going to stay what they are. What we're finding is we're finding some really good folks. There's some great people out here. There's great people in the trucking industry that all they want to do is they want to be successful. They want to be entrepreneurs. They're tired of working the nine to five, they're tired of working for people. They just don't have the 100% confidence and the acumen that's needed to run a business. Mm. So what we're here to do is really take those folks that have that, that have that desire to be successful in trucking. And then we're going to marry our business expertise to help them be successful. Because at the end of the day, to me, I'm passionate about small business. I believe small business is, is, is the heartbeat of what, what, what everybody does. It's the heartbeat of the country. You know, small business moves the country forward. And when you got good folks that are out here that just want to make a good, honest living, they want to feed their families, they want to put a roof over their head, they want to provide college education, and they have these skill sets that they, that they just want to transcribe into a great business, that's what does it for me. So when you look at the numbers and you look at the failure rate and we go back and see what the reason why, and it's a lot of things are just basic. You know, you look at, hey, I can't find a driver, so my truck's been sitting still for two, three weeks. And my insurance doubled because the driver that I had has a bad, bad MVR, and now my insurance is this. Or I went out and I bought a truck. I bought a 2020 truck, and my lease payment is way too high. Now I've got to put so much pressure on the fact that I've got to get revenue per mile, a certain revenue per mile to exist. And those are the things that we see as kind of like the baselines of, 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 of not necessarily failure, but to me, it's just, it's just not having the understanding on really what is the most important part of the business is understanding the business side of it. So from the acumen development side, what we do is we coach and we mentor. And it's okay. almost like a business school. You know, you come through our program, it's just like going through a business school, but it's going through a business school in trucking. And we're teaching you how to, how to manage those variable expenses, which is more than anything, is one of the most important things that you can do. And then we teach you how to make the right the right decision from a, a, a standardized expense or from a non uh, a non variable expense those fixed expenses. We teach you how to find the lowest fixed expense, the best fixed expense. And then when you're able to control those, those are your controllables. Then you're able to come with a break even point. And a lot of our folks that we we find they don't understand what that break even point means. And from a business side, and it even goes back to when I was. I remember I was working at a uh, the sandwich shop, like 15 years old. Okay. And I remember the owner, I, what we did, we was only allowed to put a certain amount of slices of tomato on every single sandwich. Mm. I never understood that. Right. You know, and I remember, I'm like, man, I throw three on there, man. He's like, man, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> like, man, but then when you get back to it, he knew how many slices are in one tomato and how much he's paying for that tomato right. and how many tomatoes he can use to make those sandwiches. That's so he had it to a science. Right. If you take that same that same mindset and you put it into the trucking business and when you know how many tomato slices that you can put out there, then you know how much you can charge for that sandwich. Right. So really, that's one of the things that we, we, we really focus on. It's focus on understanding the business element and dynamics of it, because as a business person myself, I'm analytics 100 percent. If you can measure it, you can improve it. Right. Period. Like and that. I'm the type of guy that if I can sit there and I look at a I look at a financial analysis from a client and they're having a great month. I'm not necessarily the, the type of consultant that'll look at that top line like, man, we had an amazing month. Let's keep the momentum going. We're going to recognize that. But hey, why did we increase fuel, uh, fuel economy? Why did, we, why did we end up paying more in fuel? Why did we reduce our fuel economy? And how many times did that truck run at 70 miles an hour during the month? Mm. So we look at things like that as, hey, you know what? We, we, we did well but we probably could have made a couple of more dollars if we did this or if we did that or if we right. did this. And our coaching program, we do that every single 
week with our clients. We evaluate the business the week before. We look at the profit and loss statement and we challenge, we challenge, we challenge. And our goal is to take folks and we want to build empires and not just entrepreneurs. Dope, dope. So typically, what's the size of the, the, the companies that you guys would most, like, most, most likely deal with? What do you, what do you see? We, we, we're typically dealing with the smaller operations, five trucks or less. Okay. Um, because that, that, that marketplace is much more common. Um, those, are those, those are the ones that really true boots on the ground, the people that really, really want to just get started in the industry. And that's where their starting point at. And we focus on helping developing those people that are in that starting point. Because once you're able to get out of that point, that's the roughest time. You know, you're really not going to see, you're not going to see real, real good, solid, hey, I can sit back and take a breath income until you have multiple trucks. Right. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just difficult to, you know, to live the type of lifestyle that you want to do and replace the income of working a nine to five unless you have multiple trucks. Right, right, right. All right. All right. Cool. So, so Myron, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, when you, when you guys get started, um, you know, working with the carrier, talk to me a little bit about that process. Cause I'm sure there's, you know, some people here listening and they probably just want to understand like, okay, yeah, you, you guys are saying you can help me, but, but how, where, where, where do we start at? What's the first thing that you guys look at to start kind of dissecting what's going on in their business to kind of bring them to more profitability? look at the mindset and see where they, if they know where they are, you know, um, you know, we, we get their, their other information. We see what they can tell us about their business. If they can speak on their business, um, you know, with, with some tact and um, if they know exactly where they are, you know, nowadays everybody wants that, uh, that $2 per mile, you know, that's the big, that's the, that's the big thing that everybody throws out there. So when we ask them like, no, like what is your break even point? You know, um, nobody can really tell you what that is. And that right there, that's, that's when you know you're failing in business, right? Because right? you got to know where you're at um, to even know where you're going, you know? So we sit them down, um, we go through the process, we tell them exactly what, we, what we'll do for them, you know? We go over, uh, like you said, fuel expenses, payroll. How are you paying your guys? Is it per mile? Is it a percentage? Um, how, how, how fast are they driving these trucks? You know, when you got, you got some, you got a driver, um, or you're optimizing your routes for, for, for fuel, you know, um, just different things, man. You, are you, are they get paid weekly, bi-weekly? It's just, you know, we look at everything, you know, from, from, from the beginning to the end, man. And, um, we sit them down, we let them know the expectations, you know, cause it doesn't matter what we tell you to do. If you don't follow the program, it doesn't matter. Right. You know? Right. Um, and so no matter what industry you get into, like, especially trucking, trucking's expensive, right? That's one industry that you don't want to go. You go and invest $50,000, $100,000, and you don't know what you're doing. You need that coach or that mentor to help guide you through that, through that journey. You know, if you have that, you can't bump your head in, in, in trucking and be okay. You know, that, it'll cost you $5,000. You know, it'll actually cost you being put out of service, you know, keep your keep truck from running. So um we run into that too you know you, you not only do you have to know what you're doing but you got to have that discipline to actually follow the program man i think a lot of folks they don't know where to go to get help um and the ones that do they have that pride you know everybody feel like they can do it on their own right and it's that's commendable but at the same time when you invest all this money in your business if you really want to be successful man you got to have you need to know what you're doing. You can't get it all from YouTube. 
and you know, and then people telling your, you know, telling your friends, lying to them, telling, hey, I, I'm making ten thousand dollars a week right. doing this, man. I'm getting this rates, you know. So they're going off of that. So when they get in and things get ugly for them, the the pressure starts building up. Now they're putting all the pressure on the dispatcher, mm. you know, because now it's the, the the all the bad decisions they made, the stress is on them. And that, now it's the dispatcher's fault while they're going out of business, you know. Oh right. uh, man, you was getting me some terrible rates and. You know, you this was this was happening. So, you know, we just try to we try to eliminate that, and you know, try to jump ahead of that, man. And and you know, we've had some successes, and there's been some folks that have not been successful because they don't follow the program. You know, the one thing you have to do is be fully fully transparent. Mm. You know, you can't you can't come to us when you're about to when when they're about to shut you down and don't even tell us that's going on. <laughs> and then we look up and it's like you call up, hey, what's going on? You ready for your appointment? Oh no, man, I can't. Man, they you know they put me out of business because of some couple of violations. Man, they they own some BS. And then you mm. you get out, get the report, and it's like, come on, dude, you didn't even do your audit. You didn't even pass <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, and you, and you didn't even tell us. You know, right. and you also didn't tell us that you had all these violations and things like that. So like, how, we can't really help you fully. If you don't let us help you, it's like uh, Jerry Maguire, you know, help me help you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a great movie right there. All right, man. So, um, so, so talk to me about your process, the A to Z, you know, when you first start working with the client, talk, talk a little bit about that. So when we first start working with the client, the very first thing that we look at is we look at the OSL business establishment itself. We go in and make sure that the EIN and the business formation is done correctly. That's the most important thing that you can do. Whether it's an LLC, whether it's an Inc., whether it's a partnership, we're partnering with a company that can help provide resources to make sure that we make that the right decision and do it the right way from the first time. Once we do that, and we got the business set up right, we got them moved on where they can get their business banking account set up, then we go in and establish the business credit. So we're working in that first year to help them establish business credit all the way along the line. Because our goal is to make sure in that first year, we're building that business credit up. We're getting your paydex score up. We're doing those things. So after that first year, you can get those Amex cards. You can go ahead and you can acquire vehicles and you can do those things outside of your personal credit. So that business itself is sustaining itself. Then we go through and we look at your benefits profile. What can you offer me as a driver? You know, what, as a driver, what can you offer me besides direct deposit? So we're able to help them get health benefits set up at no cost, at no cost to the owner. They can set health benefits up for their, for, the, for their drivers. So now that they can offer those things. Then what we do is we get into the equipment acquisition phase. We roll our sleeves up. We start looking at inventory. We get inventory requests in from a lot of different vendors that we're partnered with, Lark, Peterbilt, uh, Ryder, those kind of companies. We get inventory requests in and we start sourcing out vehicles. We start looking at the type of equipment. We start challenging some of the, the, the maintenance history. And then if we're in town and if, it, if a client wants, to, wants us to go out and test drive the vehicle for us, We'll go out and we'll send folks out there and we'll go out there and we'll test drive the vehicle and make sure the vehicle is the right vehicle for them. We'll give them feedback off of that. Then once we're able to solidify that, we'll help them secure funding and financing because we have a team that can help them secure funding and finance on that. Then we move in and set up the back office, right? The TMS system, the, the TMS system, the back office system is one of the most important parts of the business. Because as I mentioned before, if you can measure it, you can improve it. So we put them on this TMS system to make sure that they're looking at their back office every single day. At the end of the day, you run an end of the day report. At the end of the day, you're looking at your profit and loss. You got to look at that stuff multiple times a day as a business owner. So we'll set up that TMS. And then as we go through, we set up weekly meetings. 
Now, whether we do weekly meetings or our most, a lot of our clients obviously are from everywhere. You know, we, we've got to do our weekly meetings like this. But in our weekly meetings, we call them alignment sessions, right? We want to be on the same page. So we want to align our vision with their vision and making sure we're going in the right direction. So we're scheduling these weekly meetings. And during that weekly meeting, we're talking about the industry updates. Hey, what's going on in the industry? All right, well, you know, whether it be a factual piece of information, a nugget, like, hey, you know what, capacity slipping, rates are starting to slip a little bit, you know, or, you know, we got ELD mandates are changing a little bit, or, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, the UCR opened up, unified carry registration opened up. It was kind of like, you know, just in the middle of nowhere. So we provide those information to keep people on the same page. Then we're helping them close those employment ads. You know, people want to look for drivers, but, you know, obviously everybody's going to say, hey, help one that need a driver. We help make sure that they're putting that out in the right space. We'll try to help make sure that they're putting out the right posting. And here's another nugget that we'll do for them. We'll actually screen the candidates for them. Mm. So if you got a candidate, we'll screen them for you because we'll use our expertise. We'll use our team to actually look at the background of the candidate. We'll do an assessment to make sure that particular candidate fits your profile. Because it, that's one of the biggest things that's a mistake that you can make is not bringing the right people on place because it's got to be a fit both ways. Not only is that driver got to be a fit for you, but you got to be a fit for the driver. So we go through and we do that employee, profile, that employee ad counseling for them as well. In that process, we're setting up the DOT, the MC, the UCR. We're doing the BOC3 processing. We're doing all the licenses that's needed to make sure that you're running DOT compliant. And then we move into the DOT compliant. We build out your driver qualification files. We set up your safety programs. We set up your driver, your, your, your driver system. We make sure your ELD is in place. And then we start building your driver qualification file. So when it's time for that new entry audit, the one of the things that I'm most proud about is that we've never had a carrier fail a, fail a compliance audit. No right. new entry audits get failed. They do not right. fail when it comes to our processes. So that's one of the things I'm very, 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 very proud about. And okay. then we marry you with a factoring company. We align you with a factoring company that meets the need of your business because your business is different from everybody else's. So while you go on Facebook or whatever and say, hey, who's the best, best factoring company? It ain't about what people say. It's about your business. It's about the vision and your goals of your business. Right. If you guys, if you go, if you, if you bring in five, 10 trucks and you asking everybody what's the fa best factoring company, you know, that's the wrong, that's the wrong question. Allow us to work with you and help you get that factoring system. Then we set up your payroll system. We set you up with a payroll system. So that way you're not cash apping, you're not zelling, you get 1099 in the correct way. It's a simple process. So that way you can take your focus off payroll, put your focus on growing your business because that's most important. And then that, now the driver can go through that particular payroll app that we have established and they can do their time off request. They can see their paychecks. They can review their settlements. They can see exactly how much they're getting paid. And it's all in an app. So we manage everything through that, that app as well. And then we're doing your ISTA every single quarter. We're aligning ourselves and making sure that if you're a CDL operator, that we're making sure that we're doing the ISTA and filing that quarterly and filing your 2290 annually if that's necessary. Um, and then we move into the financial performance review. So once we got all these steps, we go into the financial performance review. We look at your goals saying, hey, hey, this is where I want to be. We align that with what we are going to say as far as an expectation. And then we go from there. So we build that as well. And then we, when we build in that, that obviously gives us a platform for every single week for us to check. And then we're looking at social responsibility. Hey, you know what? We're doing all these things. So let's, let's tell me what your give back looks like. That's big to us. Now, hmm. what does your give back programs look like? So now hmm. you establish a business and I'm going I'm to I'm I'm drop a little nugget on you. When it comes to taxes, either you're going to pay Uncle Sam or you're going to give money away to, to the community. That's a fact. So that's one of those things where if you, want to, if you want to make an impact, make an impact in the community. So when we look at that, that's part of our process. And then at the very end of it, our social networking. How is your social networking stepped up? How are you networking with other people in the industry? How are you looking to build your brand? 
So we put people through these steps and I, I know it was long, so I apologize, but I really want people to kind of get an eye into what we do. And once we build that, that's a business, right? business first, and then the truck comes last. Let's build a great business and the truck is, is going to take care of itself. Man, you you guys literally leave no stone unturned, man. None. You go from the very bare bones to building a a, a a beautiful a beautiful business, man. Like wow, like I that that that's crazy. Like you guys really touch on every single thing. You didn't leave anything out. All right, cool. Um, biggest mistake that you see carriers making. Let's get into some of the meat. I I, I, I want I want to. I want the, the audience to kind of come away with like a mini consult right now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because all the yeah. companies that, that that's listening right now, they're like, all right, we want to get some, we want to get something out of this right now. Right, so right. Biggest mistake that you guys see carriers making when because you guys look at multiple operations, mm-hmm. um, you know, five to ten trucks. And that's probably where most of the majority of our listeners are at, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that, somewhere in that um in that ballpark. So biggest mistakes, what are you guys seeing on a normal basis that people can fix by themselves just to get started? What do you guys see? Bad, bad equipment purchases, by far, hands down. Um, one of the things that I can tell you about, about the bad equipment purchases and just making a few examples. Um, so even from, and I'll just make a, make, a, make a general example. 2012, 2013 was a rough year for heavy trucks because during that time, there were some issues with DPF issues with the new uh, regulations and involved to uh, emission vehicles. So, you know, obviously the DPF systems that they put in trucks, well, 2012, they really struggled with it. Uh, there was a particular truck manufacturer. Uh, I hate to say the name on, on here, but I remember when uh, International made Max Force engines. Okay. And Navistar as a whole almost put the entire company out of business because of the failure of those, those Max Force engines. You know, and one of the things about it, and when you think about the equipment acquisition, you can probably go onto a truck paper and get a 2012 Max Force International for $19,000, $20,000. It'll be shined up and pretty and everything, and it'll have the keys ready for the finance and ready to go. But the problem is, is I've, I've seen, seen two carriers go completely out of business because of the issues of that truck being down. So equipment acquisition is one of the biggest mistakes that I'm seeing. I'm seeing these folks that, that get out here and they put all their credit on the line. Mm. They're buying 2020. Uh, you know, 2020 Dodge Ram 3500, putting 90,000, 100,000 up on a on a on a Dodge truck, then get a 25 foot trailer, you know, a, a brand new 25 foot trailer, and not able to maximize what that truck can actually do, and then they get out, and then they don't have an idea on what they're gonna do. So when I think about that, when I just go from a business standpoint, to be honest with you, Ramel, the biggest thing is that they don't have a plan, you mm. know, and if you don't have a plan, you planning to fail, and we don't ever see, and I'm not gonna say ever. We have some people that have visions and they want to do things, but we don't see on a consistent basis a plan. What does that look like? Hey, I'm going to do this. And then it's like an if-then statement in, in business. I'm going to do if and then then. Mm. If this happens, then this triggers that. And what we do is we help people, people understand that. But my biggest thing that I see people make the biggest mistakes is around equipment. Mm. This industry, this is a trucking business. So that truck is your business. If you right. don't make the right decision in the truck, then you're going to make the wrong decisions in the business. Right. So for me, one of the biggest mistakes that I see um, is it, it's just an, it starts with the equipment. It starts with the equipment and it starts with the capital on raising that equipment and, and, and what those deals look like. Mm, mm. I like that. And I like and I like the word you use plan. Um, why do you think when we get into business, we fail to plan? 
I think we get excited. You know, I see, I think we see the big picture. And a lot of times, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of times when you talk to folks, they've got great plans up here. But when, to me, a plan has to go here. A plan has to go on paper because your accountability comes from the paper because you're able to put it out on a vision board. You're able to put it out on a piece of paper and you're able to benchmark your success. So one thing that we do is we take the financial analysis and we compare that to the, the business plan that we work together to develop in. And if you say that, hey, by you know quarter three, you know, we're going to have four trucks and we're going to be bringing X amount of revenue in quarter three, then if we're in quarter two and then we're not benchmarking our success to that, and if we don't look like we're trending towards that, then we're going to have a conversation. It's just like when you're working with a big company, you're working with a major Fortune 500 company. If they don't meet financial, financial projections for three solid quarters, what do you think is going to happen? There's going to be some sort of restructuring. There's right. going to be some sort of change that's going to take place. That's a fact. Well, what's the difference when you got a small one truck or two truck operation? Why not change? Why not restructure? Not, why not change the, the, the way operation? So and the biggest part of it is that when you create a plan and you marry it with, with, with data, then you're actually able to see it in a business. And then it's not, till it, it's not at the end of the year when you look back and you say, hey, man, my trucking company made $500,000 last year and my profit was $14,000. Right. So in, in my opinion, that the reason why a lot of folks, they, they, they really don't plan, it's not because they don't plan. They don't know how to take that plan, put it into an actual structure and don't see the benefit of using a working plan. So we use working plans. And if you mm. got that working plan that kind of says, hey, OK, you know what? You said you was going to be at, you know, nine thousand a week by week 14. It's week 13 and you at three thousand a week. And we got a huge gap. What do we need to do to kind of change that move the direction, move right. the move in another direction? Got you, got you. And and just to kind of um, move on that, where, where, where do you see um, for 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 a company, where should they be as far as profit margins? Um, where do you think? I mean, every every business is going to be different. Obviously, every operation is going to be different mm-hmm. based on what you're doing. But where, what do you like to see as far as to where they're, they're running a successful business? They're 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 You, you know what I mean? Like, what, what are you yeah. looking for? Yeah. Yeah. So if you can get, you know, if I look at it at the end of the day, after all expenses are paid, everything's put out there. If they're running at 20 cents a mile profit, then they're doing pretty good. You know, if you look at the bottom line at that 20 cents a mile, not that 20 cents a mile profitability, I think you're doing pretty good. You know, we've seen we've seen a, a wide variety of it. Some of the data obviously is skewed, you know, and a lot of times because a lot of that data is not 100 percent focal. But if you're able to run in that you know, anywhere between 11 to 20 cents per mile, and you're doing you're doing a solid job, especially if it's on a one vehicle operation. And obviously, as you grow vehicles and you're able to see that multiply itself, then you're seeing a solid profit. But, you know, one of the things is just because the truck's generating, you know, seven thousand dollars a week, you know, you can't expect to make thirty five hundred dollars a week in profit. It's just not realistic. So right. um, when we see at the end of the day, once you take all the expenses out, once you're able to kind of capitalize on expenses and see, sit down and really kind of evaluate that. You know, we're looking at, hey, if we can get anywhere in that, if you can get in that 20 cents a mile profitability at the baseline, that's a good baseline. Then anything that we can build on top of that is just icing on the cake. You're certainly seeing a good, a good, a good, a good program in that standpoint. Dope, dope. I like it. I like it. Tell, tell me about a success story, man. Tell me about a client you guys work with and, um, you know, you turned them around. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Oh, man. Oh, man. So um, we, we have a client that we were working with for about a year. Um, I remember he came to the table with us and, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes when people, it's almost like when I see people looking for working capital, most of the time people don't look for working capital until they really, really need it. Until it's like they got a major repair, something's about to go out, they're about to go out of business, 
Um, so when we look at some of the financial data that we get from people that are needing those working capital, they are in tough situations. No right. money in the bank, credit then took a big hit, this, and, 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 and those things. So this particular client came to us at one of those, hey, I, you know, we've made X amount of money in these last couple of months, and, you know, we got about $3,000 in the bank. Something's going wrong. Help us out. So we went back and we evaluated the business. And what we do is we do what's called research and discovery. You know, research and discovery takes about anywhere between two to three weeks because we're evaluating business processes. We're asking a whole lot of questions. We're, 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 we're dialing in, we're requesting certain data. You know, we've got great relationships with folks like uh, RTS. And we're, you know, we talk about companies that can provide us with financial data, fuel data. So we're pulling all their reports and we're trying to kind of prepare things. And when we started looking at stuff like that, you know, some red flags started kind of, kind of shouting out to me. So this particular company was last year in 2019, um, they made, well, I'm sorry, 2018, they made right at $318,000, which, you know, on the top line, it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, but when I and the team went back, the team went back, started pulling data, and then we saw the break-even analysis. We saw the bottom line. You know, we're talking about we made over $300,000 last year. And that bottom line profit was $11,000. Mm. I was like, man, what in the world happened? Mm. So we start looking back and we start looking back at salaries. You know, it was one of the first things when you look at salaries and fuel, we start looking back and looking at salaries and fuel. Um, the thing that stood out to me as a red flag was there was no truck payment. So they made that type of money without having any truck payments, without having any, any, any type of expense on that standpoint. Wow. So you know, obviously when, when we got that data back, we was, you know, we were scratching our heads, but when you look at line by line, there was inefficiencies all over the place. You know, when I looked at the fuel line, uh, one of the things that, that kind of shouted out to me was the amount of gallons of fuel that was actually purchased in that year. So I had them pull the, pull the GPS data, the truck force, um, pull the ELD data, the truck force. So we can kind of see what, you know, what kind of speed that truck, those trucks were running and they were running their trucks up and down the highway at 70, 75, 76,000 pounds at 75, 76 miles an hour. You know, you're only going to get 5.5, 5.2, 5. You know, 5. Point whatever, uh, mile per gallon. So I looked at the mile per gallon line and that's exactly what I saw. You know, that truck was their, their operation ran 5.9 miles a gallon. So when you think about the amount of miles that they, they ran on the highway, you think about the amount of fuel that they spent, we was able to find like forty dollars or $50,000 just in fuel. Mm. So if you're able to take that, put that back into the bottom line, you know, obviously we're able to put some things in place to help them with that. And then we looked at their drivers. Now, okay, you know what? I get it. You know, the, 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 the driver market is very tough, very competitive, right? So, you know, in order to be able to attract drivers, you got to be able to pay them well. But I have a, a slightly different perception on that. You know, I do believe in, in, in paying folks well. But I also believe that there are other things that are just as important, providing benefits, providing great home time, providing providing great equipment for them to actually, you know, be able to spend time away from their family. So you might not necessarily have to break the bank or, or, or throw the farm out there if you're able to provide their families with some benefits at home. So that that way they can actually take care of their families while they're away from home. Or if you can provide them with prepaid legal benefits, or if you can provide them with great, excellent equipment to ride around and be, be comfortable as they as they move. So we looked at the fact that that company's driver salaries, they were paying in the, almost in the 30% range, um, which was, was a little on the high side, you know, in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, the experience that they were, 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 were going after. And, you know, they were doing inefficient things like, you know, paying, paying the drivers the same week that the drivers are actually running. You know, that's, that's tough because, you know, what, ha what happens if you're running on factoring? You know, what if the operation is based on factoring? You know, what if, you know, the, the fact of the matter is you may, 
pay a driver before you even get paid for the load. And, you know, you pull a load from a bad broker and that, that load's paying, you know, $3,000, $3,500. And all of a sudden you got to pay the driver 30% of that, you know, it's almost a thousand dollars that you're not going to get paid for. So we saw small inefficiencies like that, but as we went through uh, at the bottom line and we broke it down by quarter, you know, it was only making a thousand dollars a month in profit. Hmm. And so our goal this year with that client was like, you know what, we're not going to, not only are we going to triple you guys' top line, you know, so our focus was to make them a million dollar carrier this year. Not only are we going to triple you guys' top line, but we're going we're gonna to take that bottom line and we're going to 10 times over that bottom line. So that same carrier that was making $1,000 a month, when we're looking at their profit and loss reports from, you know, February is the first, you know, first week of the month for the fiscal year for, for, for our company. So when we're looking at the reporting, now they're bringing back 2000 2100 1800 a week in profits so mm-hmm. now we're starting to see those profits starting to just starting to creep up and now they're looking at the business differently now they're looking at hey you know what we're asking questions and the questions that we were asked before like hey you know how many overspeeds that we have last week you know a year ago we were getting eyebrows and now they're like hey if we have any overspeed alerts you know hey you know we put sing- super singles on the back side of, the, uh, of this truck limiting the weight so we're doing little, little small things to make sure that, that we're, 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 we're being successful. And I think that, like I said, you know, the money and the thing that I, I, I truly believe in trucking and just from my experience alone is trucking is not necessarily about how much you make, it's about how much you don't spend. And if you're able to reduce those expenses, then that's bottom line profits for you. And then when I look at a, a financial report and we see trucking companies that are, you know, 100,000 all the way up to $500,000, and when you look at reports and you see those companies that are at a hundred thousand that are making more on the bottom line than the companies that are three and four hundred thousand, that's when you know you got a you got a financial issue. So, you know, from a set story, that, that particular company is doing extremely well. They got some huge things that are coming up this year. I can't wait till we see the, the, the year and reports of this company because it just makes you smile. But that's when you think about a success story, you know, you think about a company that's only making a thousand dollars a week, you know, a thousand excuse me, a thousand dollars a month in profit. That's and crazy. able to generate, yeah, you almost you're generating over a quarter million dollars a year. But you know, when you look at the, and it, it's funny, you look at their meals and expense line as like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars in meals expense for the whole year. You can't even go out and have a, you know, you can't even take the the stakeholders out to dinner, you right? Know, because we're not able to see the profit. So yeah, they were really frustrated. They were frustrated at the fact that hey, you know what, we're, we're pouring our personal money into it, but looking at their profit and loss statements now, and just following the process. And what one thing that I can tell you is we see them on time every single week. They don't miss a meeting. They don't miss an evaluation. They don't miss a meeting. They don't, they don't miss, miss a reporting. You know, at the end of the month, we always request certain reporting. They don't miss none of that stuff. And you know, it, it's one of the proudest moments that, yeah, that we can say that we've seen. You know, our team works very, very hard in the background to make sure that, that they're pooling their evaluating data. And when we come through these reports every single week and you see the smiles on the face of the guys that come through and you know, it just, it, to me, that that beats anything you know that feeling of watching somebody be successful it, it just beats anything because i know this business you know i've been in this business all my life and i know that there's money in this industry when you see folks out there that are actually able to see that success in the business that's that that warms my heart dope 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 i love it myron talk to me about um about innovative man let's get into you guys's company a little bit um just so people could understand your operation um we know what you do but let's just talk about, you know, building your company, um, your company's culture. Um, talk, talk a little bit about that for me. Okay. So with, with us, man, Innovative, we, um, we're a one-stop shop, you know, for anybody that wants to get started in the trucking industry or if you're already in the industry, 
uh, you know, we show you how to how to how to be more profitable. Um, you know, uh, we we do everything, man, from A to Z in the industry. You know, so Adam Adam is uh, Adam Adam has all the experience. You know, he does all you know a lot of the the facts. You know, he he knows from experience. You know, with the consulting and things like that. Um, I do all of the uh, the onboarding. Um, the, when we bring on new clients, uh, consulting and dispatching or whatever we do, you know, I set the expectation uh, for our clients. Um, right now, you know, we do, um, as far as our dispatching service, you know, we have a, we have a huge team um, dispatching over 40 trucks uh, right now. Um, you know, we also build relationships. You know, I'm, I'm part of the relationship building team. You know, our partners with different factoring companies to try to get the best rates for our clients. Uh, fuel card programs, uh, like I said, roadside assistance. You know, we offer credit repair. We help people with business credit, you know, funding, financing, uh, business capital, health benefits. You know, uh, like I said, anything you can think of, man, we, we, we try to offer it. You know, we don't want anybody going anywhere because we truly want to help people. You know, our culture here is people over profits. You know, we know those, 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 those drivers out there, those company owners, they're not just invoices to us. You know, those are guys and, and girls out there uh, fighting for their families, you know, trying to create a legacy, That's a fact. you know. Um, and one of the things we teach our team, you know, put yourself in these people's shoes, you know, whether it don't matter if they're, if they're doing dispatching, if they're part of our compliance team or whatever, but look at these people, man, especially the dispatchers, you know, it's like, make sure you get these people moving, keep those trucks moving. Cause you don't want them sitting somewhere. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They're not home. Right. You know, right. they're away from their yeah. families. You know, they're spending money on ho- extra money on hotel rooms. And, um, you know, and it's, it's crazy out there. You know how crazy this world is, man. You don't want yeah. these folks out here, especially if they're new to the industry. They're out there. They're scared. Honestly, you know, if you're sitting there in your truck waiting, you don't know where your next load's coming from. That truck payment's coming, though. That insurance is coming. You know, so we try to teach them the importance of that and teach them from a business perspective on how to look at things when they're dispatching or making sure that the compliance, we get that stuff back ASAP so we can help, you know, get these issues taken care of, man, for these clients. Um, you know, it's, it's got to have a sense of urgency. Everything's important. Um, these folks are family with us, man. It's all about building relationships, you know. They're not just clients, you know, they're family. Right. Because you know? nowadays, the real currency is in relationships, you mm-hmm. know, with people, you know. That's where the, you know, that's why it's important to get out here and network and things like that. So we show our, our, our consultant clients the importance of building a brand, getting out here to networking events, letting people know what you do, who you are. You know, you want to you wanna get a good driver, get, get your name out there. Let them see your, your company and what you're doing so you can, you attract it. You know, you're going to attract the people just like we out here attracting good people, you know, like yourself and, and DeMarco and, and brothers like that, you know, out here to try to make a difference, man, in this industry. And like Adam said, man, our biggest thing is helping people. If it's if it's one thing we can we can pick that that we're all about is helping people. Our mm-hmm. passion for helping people is goes beyond no bounds, man. You know, and if you help enough people get what you want, get what they want in the end, you'll get what you want in return, man. But uh, that's just the whole thing, man. It's, it can't money can't be the goal, right? You know, money can't be the goal. If money is the goal, man, when times get hard, things get tough, you quit. You know, your, your why has to be bigger than that. There has to be some purpose uh, tied in with your passion, man, to, to help you succeed 
and fight through those hard times to get to where you want to go. And, um, you know, that's just where we're at, man. You know, we, we're, we're different. We try to, you know, we're out here trying to create opportunities for people, you know, uh, all the way around. And we're not going to stop until we build enough entrepreneurs in this trucking industry and, and turn things around, man, to where people, it's, a, it's something that everybody wants to want to do, you know, mm-hmm. not because they have to, because it's something that they want to, because they look and see how successful their friends are, you know, and how everybody else are, especially people that look like us. Right. You know, um, that's, that's just where we're at, man. You know, we're not going to stop till we, till, till the casket drop. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. Talk to me. Um, talk to me, Adam, about some of the struggles in building the business, man. I mean, I know it couldn't, you know, I know it had to be some yeah. difficulties getting started. There always is any entrepreneur knows. Talk to me about some of the struggles you guys had getting started. Well, one of the biggest struggles really, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the industry itself is not really one of those industries that, Back then and, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, you know, the, the trucking industry was like kind of that knight in shining armor industry. It's not anymore. It's very tough. One of the biggest things is there's a lot of negativity surrounding the business, surrounding the trucking industry alone. You know, you can go out into a Facebook group and, and I'll make an example. You'll have a new person that will go out into a Facebook group that's got like 30,000 members in this Facebook group. And that new person will say, hey, anybody can give me some advice on getting started in their business. I want to get started in the business. And if there's a thousand comments on that on that particular post, 995 comments of those are going to be negative. Right. So you see a lot of people pushing a negative narrative about the business. You got a lot of see, you know, they always say misery, misery loves company. And I hate to use that comparison, but truly is, you know, when, when folks get frustrated in the business, they like to kind of exude that frustration out. So even when we started, started the company, you know, you, people always say, oh, man, that's just somebody else that wants to be in your pocket. That's, you can do it on your own. That's just somebody else that wants to be in your pocket. If you're truly a business person and you truly understand, you truly have a vision, you're truly going to invest in your business, uh, you'll understand the value of that. And I think one of the biggest hurdles of that is just getting through the negativity of the industry. I think the second part that was a big, big issue is that people don't want to work together, right? So, you know, if, 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 if Ramel's got a, a, great, a great lane that's paying great, and it's, it's, it's a lot of capacity left in that lane. That lane could love to use some more trucks. You know, the industry is one of those things that, hey, you know what? I'm not going to tell anybody about this lane. This is going to be my lane and my lane only. Mm. Whereby, as if we work together, you know, if we collaborate together, you know, so many things can happen that, that, that you know, I, I, it's an $800 billion industy, you know? And the thing about it is, trust me, there's plenty of money out here for everybody. And if we work together, just, just where we're at right now, if we will work together to see things move forward. Uh, you know, that would be a big thing. And I think the next thing about that is people hate change. You know, I see so much negativity about automation, you know, trucks being automated. It almost goes back to, I remember when, when I was, when I was a, a youngster in the, in the industry, we would go down the highways, you know, out west, and you see stack trains, and you see stack trains that are three, 400 cars long, and you see intermodal containers on those, on those trains. And the only thing you would hear about in the truck side was just negative. Oh, man, here's somebody else taking jobs. They're taking away truck driver jobs. No, they're just finding out efficient ways to move products. And we're not in this, in, in this phase of, of the industry. We're not as positive. But we're also not as collaborative as, as we should be. And when you look at innovative, you know, we got a three-step approach. You know, communicate, collaborate, and consult. And without communication and collaboration, none of that would take place. So in the beginning, one of the biggest struggles was really just kind of getting over that narrative. You know, I would take that narrative myself and like, man, you know, is this the real industry to really kind of help people? Learn? Do people really want to be helped? And then after a while, I just kind of stepped back and said, you know what? Some will, some won't. So what next? 
So we push on, you know, we push on and we help the folks that need to be helped. Our goal this year is 150 new entrepreneurs in trucking, period. Mm. You know, just like in 2018, where we had 300 trucking companies fail, we want to put 150 new trucking companies on the street this year. We want to help 150 new entrepreneurs become successful entrepreneurs and create empires on their own. And I'm passionate about that. And the things that I'm driving, some of the, the conversations that we're having, and whether that happens through our compliance programs, whether that happens through our full-on consulting programs, or whether that happens through our carrier programs, people insert themselves into our programs at different levels, right? So we got folks that come in that have already started, but they need to stay compliant. We got folks that come in that, you know, that from the restaurant industries or from the healthcare facilities. We've got nurses and doctors that want to get involved in the business. Then there's where the consulting where we teach people through. But our goal this year, at the end of the day, is we're going to put 150 new business owners out there in, in, in the economy, and we're going to help them get through that process. And in turn, we want to see those folks two, three years later with our empires and larger operations. So when you think about the negatives, right? So we talk about one of our struggles. I've learned to, to, to take those struggles and turn it into a positive. And, you know, just from, you know, where I've been in from my life and my life story in itself, man, I've always been the one to take a negative and turn it into a positive. Dope, dope, dope. And if, if, if you were in one of those Facebook groups that you talked about when somebody asked that question, what would be your advice to somebody new wanting to get into, into in the industry? Inbox us and give us a call. You know, because the thing about it is, is that ultimately, if you stay in those, stick around in those groups, I don't, you don't never see anything. And I'm not going to say never. Okay. You know, that's a bad word to use, you know, but you rarely see people using that positive encouragement. But, you know, I just want, I want to get a conversation. I'm a face-to-face person. You know, so part of our consulting package and for some of our consulting programs, we fly in and we'll go to the city that our client is and we meet our clients face to face and we'll sit down and have a conversation with them. But I want to talk to them because I know what it's like to want to be successful. And then everybody else is, is, is feeding and spewing negativity and you have that vision. Because when I go back to when I started and I go back to when I'm sitting in college, and I'm like, everybody's wanting to be lawyers, doctors, engineers, and I'm wanting to get in the, in the trucking industry and people are like, man, you need to do this, you need to do that. Well, you can't let those outside inferences determine what direction that you're going to go, you know, and it's just almost like that old, that old saying, you know, it's not the water that's outside a ship that sinks the ship. Mm. You know, you can be in the middle of an ocean in the smallest boat. It ain't all that water that's going to sink the ship. It's the holes that are going to, when the water gets inside the ship, that's what sinks the ship. Right. So what we want to do is we encourage folks, you know, when it comes to accountability, accountability to me is encouragement. You know, you're able to help encourage people to get through those moments. But um, to your point, you know, a big thing we want to do is we just want to have a conversation with people and just let them people know that you can be successful. You can be profitable in the trucking industry. You can get out of that hole. You can multiply your fleet. You can do all these things. If you connect with the right people, you have the right conversation and you believe in yourself because that's what we're here to do. I like that. I like that. That's dope, man. That's dope. Um, <clears throat> so Myron, in, in starting a company, what, what's the, take me through how you guys built the company up. What's the first, the first service that you guys offered and Tell me like how progressively built into doing what you're doing now, because you you offer so many different services. Talk talk about that. Consulting, consulting was the was the first service that was that was uh that was offered because that's the that's what the company's about about, you know. Um, and that I mean every truck driver needs dispatching services, gotcha. right? You gotta you gotta get loads. Um, so that's where that's where um, you know dispatching came in. And then all the other programs, you know, your your factoring, you know, building building relationships with the factoring companies, your Triumphs, your RTSs, your OTRs, uh, people like that, um, to make sure that our clients are getting the best getting the best percentages. Because so, you know these 
these factoring companies out here, they, uh, they, they, they messing with our people <laughs> and I taking care of them, man. So, uh, you gotta have options with that, you know, then the fuel car programs, cause those, those come in handy. Um, and then later on, we start thinking about what we could do to expand, you know, uh, our realm, man. And you start talking about offering health benefits and credit repair, uh, things that are, that normally aren't offered. You know, we, we, we know there's a lot of people out there somewhat doing what we do, but but we like to think that we're the only ones doing it how we're doing it. Uh, you know, that's where we come up with the idea of being innovative. You know, we got a lot of programs and apps and things like that we use to streamline our processes, um, you know, that bring us into the, the, the 2020, you know. Um, but at the same time with that, like Adam said, we're, we're old school. So I'd rather do business with you face to face. If I can come meet you and sit down and talk to you and sit, look in your eye, and tell you about the services I can provide and see what your goals and dreams are and how we and let let you know how we can help you accomplish those goals and dreams. Um, we'll do that, you know. Um, so that's how I, that's how I started, man. And right now we want to put a focus on uh, the dispatch. I mean, the, the, the consultant and just keep keep pushing that, man, because that's where the need is. That's where the void is. You know, um, you know, everything else we have, we offer as services. You know, we don't want to get known. I mean, sometimes, you know, people will call and say, yeah. I heard y'all with a dispatching company and, and, and it, honestly, it's kind of insulting at times, man. We're like, no, 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 it's, it's more than that. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're, doing, we're doing more out here than that. It's, everybody's out here dispatching, mm -hmm. you know, but nobody's out here trying to keep these trucking, trucking business owners in business. Mm -hmm. That's the main goal, you know, keeping everybody in business, you know, whether we, we're consulting for them or we're dispatching for them or we just, even if we come in contact with you, I'm going to tell you exactly what we do and that we can help you, right. you know, because a lot of times, I don't, I don't know what it is, man, but it's hard for people just to reach out and say, hey, man, I need help. Like, <laughs> right. Like, help me. Like, my business is failing. I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Um, or they may not have the money to, 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 to get the help or whatever, but and that's what we're on, man. Like I said, like Adam said, another 150 uh, trucking business owners out here in these streets in 2020. And, um, you know, every time I see people on those posts on Facebook, I, like you said, we inbox them. Hey, man. This is what you got to do. And, and another thing that people should do, everybody that's listening, quit lying to these people about the industry, man. Like, be honest about it. You know, if you, if you be honest about it, be transparent about it, then they won't have such a hard time. You know, if they think they're going to get in and everything's going to be peachy king from day one and then the hard times come, yeah. now I, I, I'm going to quit, you know, right. and, and they will. Right. You know, even after investing all that money, they feel like they can't do it. They feel like they're failing and you don't have to quit. But I tell people all the time, that's why I have those conversations during the onboarding process, whether it's the consultant clients, the dispatching clients, whoever you are, hey, look, this is, this is, this is exactly how it's going to be. You know, sometimes you're going to take some L's, whatever, for a little bit, but at the end, you're going to win. No doubt. You know, um, you're going to win. So just stick with it. Keep pushing. Um, that's where the success coaching comes in at, man. Cause one thing we're big on is mindset. <laughs> right. You know? Right. If, if, if there's a saying that say, if, uh, if there's no enemy within, then the enemy on the outside can do you no harm. Mm. So we, we teach folks to believe in themselves. And even when they don't, we got enough belief in them that they could use ours until theirs kick in. I like that. I you like know? That. So we're just, we're, we're on a mission, man. We're on a I mission. That. So like it. I, uh, feel, I feel the passion, man. I definitely see it in you guys. Adam, what does the industry look like in five years, man? And where do you see um, innovative with it, within that? Well, one, for the first part, five years from now, I think it's going to go through the same cycles. 
you know, I think one of the things that you're going to see um, in the industry itself five years from now, you're going to see a lot more trucks back on the highways. I think that I think you're going to see, honestly, when you talk about just revenue and income revenue generated, you're going to see people try to do innovative ways to make sure that they minimize expenses. You're going to see a lot more automation and not just when I say automation, I don't mean automation mechanically, but you're going to see a lot more automation. So you're already seeing it now, right? You're seeing DAT and truck stop with the book it now features. You see Uber and you see Convoy trying to do features that are very, very more streamlined. So the negotiations is, is, is being removed out of the process. It's being simplified. So I see the industry itself becoming more simple, more and more simple. One of the things I can tell you about the trucking industry alone, you know, I'm an old guy in the industry. We're always behind the technology trends. You know, we're usually the last ones to really stay on top of technology. So when you think about ELDs, right? You know, in my mind, ELDs is a technology that should have been in synonymous with, you know, airplanes were using black boxes and, you know, before I was even born. Right. Why is it now that we've got a, you know, now we're just starting with the ELD technology and we start looking at things like that. And then in my mind, when you think about the things that that ELD technology does for the customer, provides them that real time uh, updated information if necessary. And also, you know, honestly, you'll have people that, you know, say, hey, you know what, because of the ELDs, I'm not able to stay in business. But at the end of the day, it makes the road safer um, because you're able to actually have truly report duty status. But I think we're going to see the industry slowly, slowly progress more to a technology based industry. And unfortunately, the folks that are that are resilient and resistant to change, it's going to impact them. So one of the things that are also going to see, I think we're really going to see a capacity crunch this year and next year. Mm. When you talk about you know, the clearinghouse, when you talk about the ELD mandate, when you talk about the insurance rates that are going, going, going uh, in the direction that they're going, it's going to put some people out. So it's going to take some trucks off the highway. Just because you take trucks off the highway doesn't mean that product doesn't need to be put on the shelves. Right. So we're going to see capacity crunches and you're going to see some folks, you're going to see a shift there. But I think ultimately it's going to be a, the next one or two years is going to be one of the ones that we see uh, that it's going to be a, a, a time of change. And the, the, the folks that are willing to, to get involved in change are the ones that are willing to be successful. And honestly, we're going to see a pretty big shift over the next five years. I'm excited about it because I truly believe in change. And I truly believe that the industry needs a change. And I personally, in my personal opinion with the industry, I think it just needs a facelift. And I think it just needs a facelift because, you know, I'm, I'm tired of the, the negativity that, that's viewed around the industry. You know, you, you think about the banking industry, you don't hear people talk about that negativity, but they go through the same cycle. Right. When you look at any other industry, they go through the same cycles. It's not what you go through, it's how you get through it. So um, I think that you're going to see some changes in the way that things are done, most importantly. Uh, and then secondarily, I think we're going to see some immediate changes here in the next 12, 18 months where it's going to create capacity crunches. Right, right. Do you think automated trucks will put put uh, put owner operators out of business at some point? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, I, I remember watching the Jetsons, man. And I remember thinking at the Jetsons that, that at some point that I'd be in the passenger seat taking myself to work in 40 years. And now you know, I still got to drive my car. So <laughs> I do like the technology. Um, and when I think about the technology I, and, I, and I know, you know, time is of an essence. But when I think about the technology, um, it's scary for, 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 you know, for, uh, you know, a family to be in a car and then look up in the truck beside you and nobody's sitting in that front seat. So, you know, from the motor in public, it's really kind of nerve wracking to, to do that. Now, do I think that that technology itself is a good technology, automated technology, you know, any, a computer is going to operate safer than a human can ever operate. Right. The reason why I say that is computers don't have road rage. Computers are not in a hurry and computers are not distracted. Right. So when you think about the technology that, that that's in there, the whole, uh, the whole mindset behind it, 
Uh, I can understand it. I just don't think it's going to put on the operators out of business because you're always going to have to have a last mile driver. And what I mean by last mile driver is that that truck can, that truck can be automated all the way across the country. But eventually it's got to get into that mom and pop uh, retail store and unload the mattresses. Mm. Eventually it's got to go be able to bump the dock at a grocery store. Eventually it's got to weave through uh, a fuel island because that fuel pump is broken and now it's got to go to another fuel pump. So there's a lot of things that, that, that needs to go in place. Um, but I think ultimately we're going to see automated trucks in the industry. It's just like we see automated cars now. Uh, I don't think it's going to replace, you know, I, at least not in my lifetime. I can't, you know, I, you know, I hope, hopefully, um, you know, it's one of those things that is, 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 is going to be a, a program or a process that supports, uh, uh, you know, hey, you know, I can get it. We're going down, you know, going down our 40 out of, you know, out of the West Coast. And I just need to take a break to eat my sandwich. I can put it in automation. I can sit there and eat my sandwich and it'll, and it'll take it through. But I just don't necessarily think that it's going to replace the industry now. Dope, 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 dope. You saw you talked about the 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 last the last smile. Mm-hmm. Um, do do you think that's an opportunity that people need to be kind of looking into, yes. like seriously yes. at this? Yeah, yes. yes, yes. So when I think about last mile, right? So Amazon um, just separated itself from a last mile carrier a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, and you know the reason why, and I'm just going to be honest with you, is that folks has got to come into this this business with a mindset of being professional, being about your business. And showing up well, you know, you got to make sure you're hiring the right folks, you're putting the right folks in the seats because you never know. Because you know, at the end of the day, you're their customer. So when I look at what happened in Amazon shifting from that particular last mile carrier, I think there's always going to be an opportunity for LTL last mile. Yeah. But the biggest thing about last mile, and I'm gonna tell you this, it's about relationships. You got to build those relationships. You got to get out. You got to let people know what you're doing, and you got to make sure that you put your brand out there because last mile is all about branding. Last mile is all about being out there and letting people know what you're doing. So, like right now, you know, for a box truck, per, you know, perspective, if you got box trucks and you aren't trying to put the box truck in the game, the biggest thing you can do is build those relationships and using that last mile tendencies to help through that. Because when you look at some of these shippers, like or not shippers, but some of these transfer facilities like UPS freight, places like that, that are putting those LTL products out there. That's your opportunity to get out there into the marketplace and do that last mile. And if you're able to build that, um, there's a there's a huge marketplace for last mile. It's a huge marketplace for last mile. But it's all about relationships, though. It's all about relationships. Dope, dope, dope. I love that, man. I love that. All right. So, so Myra, man, listen, we're, we're going to kind of start beginning to wrap up the show. You guys have brought so much value um, and I really appreciate you guys joining me today. Um, but as always, when we start to close the show, we like to make sure we give our guests a jewel uh, or, or our audience a jewel from our guests. Um, just a final thought, a final word, something that you want to leave them with. So I want to start with you, Myron. Um, give, give our Truck and Hustle audience um, something to chew on, man. Um, <clears throat> always believe in yourself. Like, no matter what. Uh, you, the negativity you hear from the naysayers and everybody going to tell you how bad things are. Uh, it's a great industry. I, I, you know, me and myself, I'm a believer. You know, I didn't believe, I didn't think so at first before, you know, I used to be one of those people that would see a truck on the highway and just try to get out the way. Like, man, I hope <laughs> this dude don't hit me. You know, now <laughs> when I'm on the highway, I'm like, man, you know, I'm, I'm making sure they, they moving right. And I'm seeing money. It's, it's, it's the backbone of the country. You know, transportation is. Don't let nobody discourage you from getting this industry. It's a great opportunity for you to build a great income that that can uh, support the dreams of you and your family. And um, I truly believe in it wholeheartedly. And if you need some help, hit up Innovative. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. 
right, Adam, listen, man, bring us, bring us home. Give us that final jewel. And when you're done, please let everybody know the best places to connect with you guys. Cause I know after listening to this show, they're going to want to definitely connect with you. Um, social media, um, online, so forth and so on. So start with that final thought for me. What, what, what I stated from the beginning is just yeah, like, just like Myron said, believe in yourself. Um, you're going to hear a lot of negativity about the industry. You're always going to have people that are going to, going to spew negativity about it. Just, you got to, you got to, you got to shut out the noise. Um, you got to believe in the processes and the programs and you got to invest in yourself. And whenever you're a business owner, you can't look at it from a personal standpoint. You got to look at what your business investment, you got to look at the return on investment that business can do for you. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my thought. You know, I think about how this industry has kind of just transformed over the last 20 years since I've been in it. And there's been a lot of ups and downs, but ultimately just stay positive. The industry is, is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Somebody's making money in it. So, you know, obviously if that was, you know, if it, that wasn't the case, you wouldn't see trucks on the highway at all. So believe in yourself. Um, we're doing a couple of things this year that are really going to kind of help catapult that. We're working to build a university. So keep an, an ear out for Innovative Logistics University uh, and ILG Cares. Innovative Logistics Cares is our social format. We're going to be out in those communities. We're going to put our face in the community and really try to uplift the community because our goal is to change the face of the industry and change what people see about the industry. So we're going to get out there and we're going to teach and we're going to care about people and we're going to show people that we care and we're going to show people that together that we can do some great things. Um, now, as far as to connect with us, follow us on Instagram at Innovative Logistics Group. Follow us on Facebook at Innovative Logistics Group. You can call us at, you know, our numbers on our website. The website is www.innovativelogisticsgroupllc.com. And I'm going to do a special uh, just for, for, for Truck and Hustle. So if you want to mm -hmm. sign up for one of our consulting programs, you're going to get half off the consulting program startup fee and $50 off a month off of your monthly fee. So um, just mention Truck and Hustle. We already created a coupon for you. So no you doubt. go on there, you got yep. a coupon for you. You mentioned Truck and Hustle. And um, and, and we'll, we'll certainly take care of you. Oh, man, I love that, man. And that was a surprise. I didn't even know about that, man. You, yeah, man, we, we're going to take care of you. I appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm sure the Truck and Hustle audience appreciates that as well. Um, listen, guys, man, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been dope. Um, I really look forward to watching your company grow. Um, you know, you guys, you know, you seem like really, really genuine, genuine guys. You're coming together for a great cause. And um, this is really needed, man. You know what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of us jump into business and we have hopes and dreams, but we just don't, we just get started. We get excited, like you said, and, mm -hmm. and we don't put those processes and procedures and systems and things in a place that's going to make us successful, man. And um, what you guys are doing are great, man. So I appreciate it. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. No doubt. All right, man. Y'all be good. Truck and hustle. We out. If you like what you heard, it's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and hustle.